香，放弹奏 ，open deep and wide through the floodgates of God's mercy. Flow the vast and gracious tide, grace and love like mighty rivers, poured in and from above, and heaven's peace and perfect justice kiss the guilty world in love. Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm so glad to see you here today. It does look like my camera is a little messed up. Let me see if that helps. Yeah, it looks pretty fuzzy. Do I look fuzzy to everyone? Give me one second. So sorry. Bear with me. We're just having a little technical difficulty with the camera. There we go. <laughs> and that's pretty, num pretty normal for me on a Friday morning, a prep morning. Hope you can see me now. Good morning, everyone in the chat. Brother Lee, Sister Catherine, I'm so pleased to see you here and uh, enjoy your Shabbat that you're getting ready to go into in a couple of hours. Uh, welcome, Wirewool and Judy. Uh, so lovely to have you here. Um, and it is prep day. And I'm always, by this day of the week, pretty over the week. So I am definitely ready <laughs> to be on my Shabbat and have some rest. Um it's a nice, cool, crisp morning here in Tennessee. Fall showed up in a day rather than coming in slowly. It was just all of a sudden fall. So that's pretty nice. Um, I enjoy the season changes. It's just usually there's a little lead up to it. So today, um, after much prayer, I thought after our show last night, going into a little deeper, um, are we just making noise or are we speaking the words of truth uh, the way that they are, the way that we should? Are we giving Yahweh and those around us our authentic self? And it's something I think we all struggle with. Uh, one thing I've learned both as a child growing up and as a parent of four children is that sometimes in conflict, we say things because we think what we're saying or, or what we've chosen to say is what the other person wants to hear, but not necessarily the, the truth of our feelings. It's the easiest way to avoid conflict to avoid the, the argument or deal with an uncomfortable situation, we make a choice to say one thing but secretly mean another. It is an undermining of our true authentic self in an attempt to cut some corners instead of just saying the hard words, just having the hard talk and admitting the truth of the matter. Sometimes it's because we love that person and we don't want to offend them or it's because we're already offended by the person and maybe we even have been harboring a grudge against them 
and just don't care to take the time to be truthful. So we say things we don't mean while harboring those ill feelings. And the problem is, even when we think we are hiding the truth of the matter, our Ruach tells on us. There really is a Ruach or spirit of offense alive and well in this world. We see it thriving everywhere. You can't hardly watch the news or look at social media for a second without seeing the vast and ever-growing ocean of offense. And it goes hand in hand with grudge holding. I've known people in my life that will hold a grudge until the end of time. Uh, there was once a quote I heard where someone said they chew on something until the flavor's gone and stick it in their hat and then chew on it some more. So it's just something that's held on to. <clears throat> Excuse me. To me, a grudge is the leftover baggage. It's our leftover baggage. The Ruach of offense leaves us with. And it leaves us carrying it when it's done with us. It's a heavy burden and one that requires attention, attention daily to drag it about. It takes away our joy and moves us away from the light of Messiah, our lamp that's on our feet. The baggage we end up carrying grows larger and it darkens the light of truth and the love that we are to have for one another. It truly does. It can just, it's like a snowball starting at the top of a, a mountain. And by the time it reaches the bottom, it is huge and it can wipe out everyone. And that's what it does. It doesn't just affect the two people. It affects all the people. So grudge in Hebrew is Satam. And I found that quite interesting that there's just one letter di difference between this word Satam for grudge and Satan. It's quite amazing. So grudge, original word, uh, that's it in Hebrew. And it means to bear a grudge or cherish animosity against. Oh, I meant to share that. So sorry. That's what you were trying to tell me. <laughs> My husband's helping me. He was pointing. I had no idea. So here is Satan. One letter difference from Sat Satan. Isn't that interesting that it is pretty much the same word? Um, Judy has a great point here. It is written, love is not easily offended. That's true. We're to be slow to anger. And I have to say that out loud to myself quite frequently um, because we're so easily influenced. I am as well. But I found this definition pretty interesting that it's to bear a grudge or cherish animosity against. And when you look up animosity, that's hatred. And to cherish something is to to give it your attention, you know, give it your love. So that's a pretty scary thought there. And then I wanted to look at offend and it's in the Greek here, which another interesting correlation is scandalizo, which is very close to scandal or scandalize. And it literally means to entrap or trip up. So that spirit of offense that's 
raging around the world everywhere. It's everywhere. It is literally the spirit that is entrapping you in this situation. It is. It's trapping you within this offense. And like James said here, I say this all the time. I've said it for years. It's been something like a motto, I guess. But when you're looking to be offended, you will always find something offensive. And that's true. It's so true. When you're looking for it, it's going to be there. And Brother Lee says some people just need to hold on to it and have that drama in their lives. And there truly are uh, those that need that. Can't be happy in the calm. They need the storm. That's true. That's absolutely true. But it takes us away. That spirit of offense entraps us and we're stuck. I have definitely been trapped in that. And just, this is just a list I prayed on and and thought what would be the, the easiest quick steps to deal with the spirit of offense. And I did a lot of research. There's a lot of different um, suggestions out there. So I kind of compiled this with the things that I've, I've researched and studied out. And the first thing is to acknowledge being hurt by someone's words or actions. Talk to them. Give them a chance to address the offense. The second one is don't involve others without serious consideration and prayer because the more people involved is more potential damage to now more people. And we are not to backbite. We're not to try to get people on this team or that team. We're all part of the body. We're all on the same team. Number three, pray for your grieving spirit and the other person. Because if you have felt an offense, if you've been offended, you're hurt. And you need to cry out to Yahweh. He will hear you. Ask him to show you the truth of the matter to help you through it. And then pray some more. Because the answer to everything to me is to pray. Um, anytime I have anything going on in my life that is taking away my joy, taking away my ability to act and behave like Yahusha. And that means to care for every single person. There shouldn't even be a thought of, I like this person better than that person. I'm going to give this person my support and not that person. And if, if that is how you're feeling, then I suggest praying even more. I'm my authentic, authentic self all the time. You, you get, I am what you get when I'm reaching out in our telegram groups and I'm saying, I love you. I mean it <laughs> because I've been that person that had no one on my side. So when I say it, I mean it. And if I say it, I mean it. And that's, that's kind of what this, this goes in line with say what you mean and people can handle it. I promise you. And number four is the hardest one. And it was the hardest one for me for so long walk through forgiveness even if you don't feel it because messiah says forgive 70 times seven times i have forgiven things that i thought i would never be able to forgive or even live through much less forgive the perpetrator but i did it i did it because messiah said to do it and because i quit holding on to that baggage that grudge and there are some things I promise you that can be done to you or that you can live through 
that is going to make you feel like you're under 5,000 pounds of weight. And the minute that I put it down at the foot of the cross and asked Yahusha to take it, the lighter I became and the easier forgiveness became because he could forgive those who were doing him that harm. I can forgive those that have done me harm because he already forgave them. So who am I to question his forgiveness? It's not mine. I can't question if him forgiving someone that hurt me was, you know, should he have done that? That's not my business. My business is just to forgive like he did. I'm not ever questioning him. There's just no way that I'm going to question him. I may have done that in my past life. And I say past life because that changed when I baptized and gave up all of those things. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have down days, that I'm not going to struggle with thinking this person doesn't like me or that person's mad at me. It just means I am not holding a grudge against anything ever because I'm not questioning his forgiveness for his for everyone, for others. So in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7, this is the way of love. We have often, James and I, um, reflected on these verses. Um, there was a song we used to listen to a lot that, that has these verses within it. And in the early time when we were digging into scripture, it really made us think about things. So here we start in 13.1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love does not vaunt itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So here in these verses, we see love is just love and you can't hold a grudge and hold a grudge, hold a grudge and hold love at the same time. You can't. Continuing 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13. Love never fails. This hangs on my wall downstairs because love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, 
Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am knowing. And now abides faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So we see there, we have to abide within faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. The greatest thing we can give to one another is love. So let us strive with all our Ruach towards unity in the body of Mashiach. In Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, the prisoner of Yahweh, beseech you that you walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to guard the unity of the Ruach and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Ruach, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Yah, one faith, one baptism, one Elohim and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Mashiach. Do not let your love become a tinkling cymbal, a clanging gong devoid of merit and truth. Let your love be as bright as the light Messiah shines on our path, keeping the Torah in your hand, in your thoughts, and in your heart. If you have those things there, there's no way to hold on to that grudge because you're holding on to the Torah. You're holding on to Messiah. How precious is our Savior. How precious is his love for us. In 1 Peter 2, 20 through 25, For what glory is it, if when ye buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with Elohim. For even hereunto where were you called, because Mashiach also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By those stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned into the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So as we see there, we are returned. Just like James and I discussed last night um, in this season of Teshuvah, we are to return to him humbly. And that means letting go uh, for the longest after the movie Frozen came out, as I was starting on this walk, often I would sing that song in my head anytime I felt like I was hanging on to something that wasn't mine to hang on to. And I would just sing, let it go and just let it go. It's that easy to just set it down and let it go. It's not serving any purpose at all. And I, I wish there was a way to, to blast that out to the world, you know, just let it go, let it all go. 
but we know that with everything, um, there's a time and a season and whatever is happening around us in our world is because it is the will of Yahweh that it's happening. So we have to keep uh, Yahusha as the lamp on our path. And, and like I said, keep the Torah in our hand and our thoughts and our heart. And Messiah will shine the light on our path, even in the darkest days, even in the darkest days. So you're not alone. We love you so much. I'm praying that you have such a wonderful prep day and Shabbat that you are able to continue on this uh, in this season of Teshuvah as we approach the Day of Atonement. And then after that will be Sukkot. And I know a lot of us are, are already excited about that. I'm so ready for that feast. I'm so ready for that time. But right now, the important part is to return, to return to our first love and to go through this season where we're letting things go and just returning to him and letting him be our everything because we're his everything. So I hope this has blessed you today and I hope you have the greatest of Shabbats. Thank you so much and Shalom. On the Mount of Crucifixion, fountains open deep and wide. Through the floodgates of God's mercy, flowed a vast and gracious tide. Grace and love, like mighty rivers, poured in from above, heaven's peace and perfect justice, kiss the guilty world.